You are now tuning in to the Joes on the Pros podcast with your host, Junie Riddle and Casey Warner, covering all the latest topics in today's sports. Wow, it has been a while since the Joes on the Pros podcast has been put up. Reason being, guys, is because our school, it's winter break. They locked down the studio, so we finally got to get back in here, uh, start recording some more podcasts for you guys, covering all things in the NFL. And what a time to get back in the studio, Casey. I'll tell you what, this wild card weekend was one of the best wild card weekends I have seen in a long time. We knew watching this season that the NFL was having a great 100th season with some of these games and some of these teams breaking out. It's been an awesome season to watch, and it really got put on display this past weekend. So let's get it started with the AFC Wild Card Weekend. All i got to say is, wow, wow, two great games here. And you look at the first one that we got to watch, the Tennessee-Buffalo game. Buffalo jumped out 16-0. Houston comes roaring back, sends it to OT. They win an OT, crazy game, and then... The Tennessee Titans, our hometown team here locally in Bowling Green, only about an hour south of us, upset the New England Patriots in the first round of the playoffs, and they are out. So, Casey, I got to hear your reactions. What did you think of this AFC wildcard, these two AFC wildcard games that we had this past weekend? Man, overall, just an incredible weekend of football. I was thankful I got to catch all four of the wildcard weekend games. Uh, Nonetheless, the AFC wildcard games especially were very satisfying to me. I was actually pulling for the Bills a little bit in that Bills-Texans game, but it's nice to see the Texans finally get a big playoff win and make it to the divisional round. And then, of course, seeing the Patriots lose, I loved seeing that. You know, they beat my Rams last year in the Super Bowl, and I was heartbroken from that. So, Glad to see Brady out of it. Glad to see the Titans advancing. And, you know, Derrick Henry, that man was a monster this weekend. I love what I saw from him. Just an incredible performance. I'm really hoping he can, you know, will the Titans to at least make it a good game against the Ravens. I don't want to see any more blowouts in the playoffs. I don't want to see any of that in the divisional round. So I'm hoping Derrick Henry can will the Titans to maybe even upset the Ravens. That would be awesome to see. But overall, just an incredible weekend of football. And I can't believe my Bills blew that game against the Texans. I've been pulling for the Bills all year, some of you all have noticed, and I was really, really pulling for him in that game, and Josh Allen made some bad mistakes, some crucial, tough decisions in the end of the game that were very devastating to the Bills, and you know what? The Texans just ended up being the better team. Deshaun Watson advances. Ryan Tannehill advances for the Titans. That's impressive to me. It looks like he's going to be their guy now for the foreseeable future, and two big wins for AFC South teams in the wildcard round. Yeah, that is a big shocker for me, the AFC South going 2-0 and in the first round there. Uh, the big guy for me is Deshaun Watson, man. I've been saying that this Houston Texan team has been up and down all year it goes without being said that you know however this defense plays is how uh well you know the outcome of their games are going to be and this defense really did show up they had a rough little start there but after that rough start I mean they really put the Buffalo Bills offense in check Josh Allen them were not driving down the field as easily as they did that first go around where they had the trick play where he actually caught the touchdown which was 
crazy in of itself. But yes, Deshaun Watson's will, his his big play making ability, the way that he wills his team on, it was very inspiring to watch. And I thought the Buffalo Bills were, uh, you know, the better team in this game throughout three quarters of it. But the way that he made them bounce back, getting that last second score in the third quarter, and then just willing his way through the fourth and getting that win was awesome. And then let's get into this Tennessee and New England game. I tell you what, like you said, Derrick Henry has arrived. This man is 6'2", nearly 250 pounds, and he is just a monster. I mean, this Tennessee Titans team, obviously we saw them get out to a uh, really slow start this season, but then as we see Ryan Tannehill get in the mix, as we see the offensive line getting healthier and the team getting more and more comfortable within the system, it has really shown that this team is a pretty decent threat. But going into this game against Baltimore, Casey, I got to tell you, some really, really worries me here, and that is Ryan Tannehill only throwing about 70-something yards against the New England Patriots, which just isn't going to get it done against a team like Baltimore because we know New England struggled on offense all year. They have struggled to put up points, but we know for a fact that that will not be the case with the Baltimore Ravens. So what do you think is going to be the intangible for this game? Who's going to be the X factor in the way that the Titans can keep this game close and potentially get an upset here? Before I get into this week's games, I got to ask you one quick question. Have you ever seen anything like that, that lateral that Josh Allen tried in that wild card game? Have you ever seen anything never, like that? Never, never. Insane. I think that was the most risky play you could possibly do, especially when you need to get down the field and risking a turnover right there over something that really wouldn't have made that much of a difference. I thought that was that was that was probably one of the worst plays and worst decisions by a quarterback I've seen in a long time. That takes me back to some of my older days playing Madden when I used to try to lateral the ball when I was getting and tackled. I could I couldn't believe that Josh Allen did that and rightfully they ended up losing the game just a, a crucial mistake that almost happened there luckily the ball bounced out of bounds for the Bills sake but nonetheless they end up losing the game so moving on to divisional round um, this week, I think, you know, the crucial thing for the Titans is is controlling the line of scrimmage. That's what they've done all season. That's what's got them to this point. If they can continue to pound the ball with Derrick Henry, if Ryan Tannehill can hit his check downs and that defense can stop the run, this game is all going to be about stopping the run and running the football for both teams. And you don't see that that often anymore. This is going to be a classic football game. Two smash mouth teams running the ball right at each other. You know what you're going to get in this game. And I'm ready for it. I can't wait to see which quarterback is up for it more, which quarterback's going to make the big plays when they need it, and I can't wait to see Derrick Henry run over some people in this game, because I love watching that man play football. Yeah, no, Derrick Henry is definitely must-see television right now, but I got to tell you this, this is a pretty good point that I got here, and that is the fact that the Baltimore Ravens haven't played some of their crucial starters since week 16, that's three weeks ago, and we've seen a lot of teams that have rested their players in week 17, knowing where they're going to be, and then having a bye week that they are just going to be out of a group. I don't know if that was the best thing for the Baltimore Ravens. I think that, you know, getting, you know, staying in an offensive rhythm there is going to be their best bet. And if they don't come out and put out a lead and Tennessee runs the ball similarly to how they did against New England and they control the time of possession, keep the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands, I think that is going to be the key for the Tennessee Titans to have an opportunity to win this football game. Now, what do I think is going to happen? I don't think that's going to happen at all. I think Lamar Jackson. Lamar 
Jackson getting a little bit of rest. I think that you know the way their offense is constructed, I don't think it's, it's much of a rhythm to get into. Uh, but one thing to look out for is Mark Ingram. He is iffy on whether or not he's going to play. There's an undisclosed injury that he's had that he has been struggling with, so we will look into that for that. But let's look into this other game. And this is a game that I think is going to be potentially the best game of the weekend, and that is going to be the Houston Texans going to Kansas City to play the Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium. And this game, when we saw it happen in the regular season, happened in Kansas City, and the Houston Texans came out with a win. Um, I think that these two matchups against these two quarterbacks is going to be great. I think Watson and Mahomes are two big up-and-coming talents in the quarterback position. Uh, they're obviously really flashy with their arms, their legs. They can do it all. These offenses can really light up a scoreboard. So I think this is going to be the game of the weekend. So, Casey, what are you looking for in this game, and how do you think that this game is going to turn out? In this game, I'm just looking for the Kansas City Chiefs to keep on rolling. That's what they've been doing. They haven't slowed down in a while. Ever since Patrick Mahomes came back from his injury, they have had no signs of slowing down. They look like an elite AFC contender like they were last year. They're back to that status. Um, you know you know their offense is going to make big plays, but what's that defense going to give me? Is that defense going to be able to put enough pressure on Deshaun Watson for that defense to be effective and for them to be able to stop DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson? They need to force them to give the ball to Carlos Hyde, make them run the ball because you do not want the ball in Deshaun Watson or DeAndre Hopkins' hands. That's how they get their damage done. So I'm looking for that Kansas City defense to show me what they got. We know they didn't show up last year in the AFC Championship when they really needed to in the overtime game against the Patriots, but this is where they can redeem themselves. They can have a big stop here against Houston, make it back to the AFC Championship. So I really want to see that Kansas City defense show up. Now on the other side of this, I want to see what Deshaun Watson's really got. Is he really made for this? Is he really made for these big-time games? Is he finally going to take the Texans to the AFC Championship? And are the Texans finally going to get the attention they deserve? We know the Texans have been a solid team here year in and year out for the last you know four or five years. We know they can be a contender, but can they be one of those elite teams? We haven't seen the Texans ever in that elite category in the AFC. We've never seen it, but they can be there. They can be there. They just have to make the big plays. So we know that defense is going to be pretty stout. We know they got some playmakers on that side of the ball, but it's all going to come down to Deshaun Watson in the clutch. Can he make the big throws? Can he make the big plays? But I got two questions for you. What's your score in the Titans-Ravens game, and what is your score in the Houston-KC game? So right now, I have 31-21. Baltimore Ravens are going to beat the Tennessee Titans. As much as I want to see the Ravens lose, I don't think they will. Um, For the Chiefs and Texans game, this one, I have been back and forth on this game all week long, but I think the Houston Texans are going to win it. I really do. Uh, I don't. I mean, we saw Deshaun Watson get sacked seven times against the Buffalo Bills, which is crazy because there's only been one other quarterback that's been sacked seven times in, in a playoff game and come out with a win, and that was Donovan McNabb. But with that being said, these guys know how to take a punch. Uh, if you look at Kansas City's schedule going down the stretch, they haven't really played anybody worth noting. And with that being said, I mean, this defense has looked so much better, but can they put it into fruition against a team and a caliber quarterback like this guy, Deshaun Watson? The last time these two teams played, and earlier in the season, we constantly talked about how the Kansas City Chiefs need to learn how to stop the run. If Deshaun Watson and these guys get the running game going, it is game over. This defense can't stop a nosebleed when the run game is going. Keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand and let Deshaun Watson make some plays, and this defense is no 
nowhere near Buffalo's, and I think Deshaun Watson is going to get an upset. Not every home team is going to win this round. We know there's got to, there's bound to be one upset. This right here is going to be my upset right here. Texans over Chiefs. Okay, okay. Hurt, hurt. And for my picks, I'm, personally, I'm going to go Tennessee against Baltimore. Give me Baltimore in that one. I'm going to say... 24-14. I think it's going to be a lot more of a lower scoring game than people think. I think both these defenses are going to come out fire, and I think there'll be some early turnovers. And I think before both teams really settle in the game, we're going to have a low scoring first half in that one. Give me Baltimore 24-14. to Spread on that game is 9.5. Large spread right there for a playoff game. Give me Baltimore in that one by 10. Uh, Kansas City, Houston, I got to stick with Kansas City just because, like I said, they keep on rolling. They show no signs of slowing down, like what I see in from Patrick Mahomes. Uh, like I said, the defense has got to show up. They got to prove that to me, but I think they're going to win as it stands right now. Uh, give me the Chiefs in that one, 27-24. I think it'll be a very close game. I think it will come down to one of the last possessions of the game to see who decides that victory. But give me the Chiefs by three in that one, and that is my picks for AFC Divisional Weekend. I didn't give you my score for the Chiefs and um, Texans game. I'm going Texans 28-23 over the Kansas City Chiefs. That is my score. But coming up next, guys, we are going to get in the NFC wildcard recap, and then we're going to start talking about these big-time divisional matchups coming up this weekend on the Joes and the Pros podcast. Welcome back to the Joes on the Pros podcast. Let's get into the NFC side of the playoffs now. Let's recap NFC wildcard weekend first a little bit. Of course, there was that awesome overtime game between Minnesota and New Orleans. Minnesota coming out on top of that one, 26-20. People criticizing Kirk Cousins have no more room to talk. He finally got a big playoff win. We're going to see if he can do it again against the number one overall seed, the San Francisco 49ers. But he was big in that one, throwing a big final touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph. Saints fans did not like the call in that one, but nonetheless, it goes out on the Minnesota side of things. Saints fans are disappointed, and a six seed moves on to the divisional round against the number one seed. Big matchup there. And then in Philadelphia, Seattle comes in there and gets a close defensive win, 17-9. to Russell Wilson shined at the end of that game, showing he was the better quarterback. 40-year-old Josh McCown came in there and held it down for the Eagles. Didn't have much help. A battered-up roster for the Eagles. I just saw the other day it came out that Josh McCown was playing with a torn hamstring in that game at 40 years old. This man was coaching high school football and the Eagles call him up and they want him to back up Carson Wentz. Comes in and does a phenomenal job, I thought, holding it down for the Eagles. Like I said, what more could he do? There was a lot of injuries for the Eagles in that game, a lot of injuries going into that game, and he just didn't have much help. He did the best he could. Hey, all kudos to you, Josh McCown. Huge game for you. Huge way to go out with a bang, we think. But the Seattle Seahawks come out on top of that one, and they will now face in the divisional round the Packers heading to Lambeau Field, and that will be a great game. But, Junie, just give me your overall thoughts on Wild Card Weekend and what was maybe your favorite moment in these two games. 
My favorite moment, I mean, honestly, I didn't really have a favorite moment on the NFC wildcard side. I really wanted New Orleans to win, and uh, I, I spoke to you about this earlier, how I wanted to see the matchup between Breeze and Rodgers there in Green Bay. I thought that would be an all-time game there since they have never met in the playoffs. I thought it was going to be a classic. And then to see Russell Wilson go to San Francisco and have that rematch after a wonderful o- overtime game on Monday Night Football that they had where the Seahawks topped the Niners uh, on a last-second field goal there to seal the win and then we got an awesome week 17 closer on Sunday Night Football where the Seattle Seahawks were literally one inch away again um, from winning that game and taking the number one seed from the San Francisco 49ers but the 49ers D held up when it mattered they caused a turnover on fourth down and they won the game clinching the number one seed I really wanted to see the rematch there in the, in the divisional round I thought it would, would have set up for a great playoff matchup but but with that being said, that didn't happen. Minnesota looked really, really good. Their defensive schematics against New Orleans was amazing. Going up to that point, New Orleans had a great run. They had just put up 42 points in the first half against the Carolina Panthers. The week prior, they went to Tennessee, and they put up 38 points. Like They have had some great offensive outing. They look like the most hot team going into the playoffs, and then Minnesota just shut them down. The defense that we knew that had a lot of elite players stepped up. They made big plays, and Kirk Cousins made some great throws. That last throw to put them down in the red zone in overtime uh, to Adam Thielen was a dot, and that was a great pass there, sealing the win with the Mason, or with the. Kyle Rudolph um, touchdown there. I thought that was great. I mean, yeah, you could say he pushed off a little bit. I mean, but you got you to gotta think, Saints fans, come on. I mean, stuff like that happens all the time. And if it was the other way, they wouldn't have said anything. And, and honestly, like, in this predicament, in this season, they were, gonna, they, they were probably going to score anyway. And, you know, the Saints had already played such a bad game throughout the whole game. And, and had to climb back into it that the Vikings honestly deserve to win that game. And props to them and props to Kirk Cousins. And now that they're fully healthy with the Dalvin Cook, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Kirk Cousins playing the way that he is and that defense stepping up to the elite level that we've been waiting to see all season, this Minnesota team is going to be a really interesting team to watch against the 49ers this upcoming week. And then we go to the really boring game that I watched against Seattle and Philadelphia. It was kind of hard to watch. Very slow pace. Ironically, they actually finished with the same score that they finished in the regular season when they played in Philadelphia earlier. Thought that was a funny fact. But with that being said, Josh McCown, wow, really, actually, props to Josh McCown, man. Carson Wentz goes out, Clowney with that uh, controversial dirty hit there, eliminating him from the game with a concussion symptoms. And Josh McCown really came in, stepped up, and, and, you know, being a guy that wasn't in the league last year, four years old, backup, hadn't played all season, he looked pretty nice in uh, Seattle as banged up as they are, very impressive. That defense looked pretty good, and they got the win. So going into this next week, I'm really excited about some of these games, but none other than that game against Green Bay and Seattle. I'm really looking forward to that one, Casey. Well, let's just talk about this Vikings defense here for a minute. That Vikings defense forced the Saints two turnovers, and the Saints haven't turned the ball over twice in a game all season. So needless to say, the Vikings defense stepped up when they needed to, and the question now is, is can they do it again against that versatile San Francisco 49ers offense? We know they got all those fast running backs, that short passing game, and Jimmy Garoppolo gets that ball out of there quick. They got a good offensive line. So how is the Vikings defense going to do that against a different scheme this week? They need to force them to turn the ball over again. They need to get pressure 
pressure on Jimmy G, like I said, they got to get back in that backfield because if you don't get pressure on Jimmy G and they just keep handing it off and dink and dunking to those running backs, you're in for a long night. So that Vikings defense is going to have to show up again just like it did against New Orleans. Love what I saw from them in that game. So, you know, I think the Vikings have the best chance to upset anyone as far as upsets go this weekend. We've been talking about it a lot. I think the Vikings have a good chance to upset just because of their defensive ceiling. Uh, You know, if their defense shows out like it did against the Saints, they got a great chance of that. But, you know, they have to get the running game going, too. Dalvin Cook had two touchdowns and 90 yards last week. That was huge. If they can run the ball, keep some of that pressure off Kirk Cousins, I like their chances in this one against the one seed. Hard for a six seed to, you know, dethrone a one seed but I think they're the sixth seed that can do it in this case. Now, on the other hand, the game, you know, Philadelphia and Seattle. I Like I told you earlier in the week, what I saw in that game, I saw a hard-fought win for Seattle. I'll give him that. A good defensive win. Russell Wilson made the plays that he needed to. But like I said, I, for some reason, I just get this feeling that the Seahawks are tired. That's what it looks like to me in that game. We obviously knew that the Eagles were tired. Them being battered up and, you know, having so many injuries. 40-year-old Josh McCown coming in there. But to me, the Seahawks played down to their level, and they looked tired too. So just because of that, I think this weekend is going to be very tough on them to play against a well-rested Packers team, a well-coached Packers team that has a very improved defense this year. I think they're going to give Russell Wilson trouble, and I think he's going to be running for his life in that game. And personally, I think the Seahawks are just completely outmatched by the Packers. I think that game is going to be nowhere near the game that the Vikings and the 49ers will be. So, you know, these two games this weekend, we're really going to see what the Seahawks are. We're going to see if they're a wildcard team or if they should have been that division winner. Um. I, I kind of agree with you on the Seattle premise, but I kind of don't. I mean, this team all year long has found ways to win in situations that we never thought that they would be in. Russell Wilson is an MVP candidate. I know that he's been outshadowed by Lamar Jackson the second half of this season, but let's not negate the fact that Russell Wilson is absolutely one of the best football players in this game right now. I just, I just have a feeling about the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think the Green Bay Packers have really beaten anybody substantial this season. I know Seattle is so banged up. I know Green Bay is rested. But give me the Seattle Seahawks in this game. I think Seattle will beat the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers has not played up to the level that we have expected and seen from him in the past. I think Russell Wilson is going to be the X factor in this game. The way that him and DK Metcalf have been connecting in these games, here of late has been amazing to watch. DK Metcalf is an X-Factor. Tyler Lockett as well. If they can keep guys like Zadarius Smith and that Packers uh, pass rush out of there, I think that Russell Wilson is going to pull his guys together and get a win. Now let's go to this 49ers in Vikings game. I don't I don't think Minnesota has a chance. I really don't. Um, they had a they had a great win against New Orleans. I think that the hype about beating New Orleans um, is is isn't going to be in their favor because they they were so excited, so surprised that they got that victory. I think the San Francisco 49ers, with their multi dimensional offense and the way that they can run and pass the ball. Um, I just think it's going to be too much for this Minnesota Vikings team, and I think that the 49ers are actually going to win pretty significantly in this game. All right, so let's get some scores. What are your scores for the two games? So my score for the 49ers and the Vikings game, I'm going to go a high score here. I'm going to have the 49ers put up 35 points and the Minnesota Vikings put up 24 so I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a pretty good offensive game. Um, a couple late scores by Minnesota is going to make it look a, 
a little bit closer, but I think that the 49ers are going to handle this game uh, fairly easily. And then when I look at this Seattle and Green Bay game, I got the Seattle Seahawks winning this game 27-23 and uh, barely edging out the Green Bay Packers. I think it's going to be an all-time game. Uh, I don't know what the weather is going to be like, but I assume it's going to be pretty cold there. And I think that Russell Wilson is going to guide this team to a win. And uh, I don't know. I think there might be a chance, a slight chance, of a little emergence of beast mode in this game and this running game getting a little bit going. Because like I said, this Packers team has not played anybody near as close as good as the Seahawks team uh, in the past couple weeks. I'll tell you what, I would love to see Beast Mode come out in the playoffs again. I'll never forget that run he had against the Saints when the Seahawks were 7-9 and nine that season. That was great. I would love to see some of that vintage Beast Mode this season in the playoffs, but I think those days are numbered. I don't think he's going to be able to bring that much energy and that much of a difference to this game. That Packers defense, I think, is too dominant. they got a great front seven. You mentioned Zadarius Smith. I think he's going to get in the backfield, and he's going to give Russell Wilson fits all night long. I'm counting on that, and I'm counting on a victory for the Packers. I think the Packers are going to come out on top of this one 31-21. I think they're going to win by 10 points. Yes, 10 points. Like I said, I think they completely outmatch the Seahawks. I think that defense is too nasty for Russell Wilson. I think their line, the Seahawks line is all right. You know, they can protect Russell Wilson, but like I said, I think they're tired, and I think he's going to be running for his life in this one. Give me the Packers in that one, 31-21. And then over on the other side in San Francisco, Minnesota, to heading in there. Like I said, I think they got the best chance of any of the lower seeds to make an upset happen this week, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'll fall just short. This one's going to be a lot lower scoring, I think. The over-under in this one is 44 and a half. I'll take right under on that one. Give me 24 to 20 San Francisco in this one. I think it'll be a great game. I think it'll be the best game all weekend long, personally. These two teams are going to fight it out. We're really going to see what Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo are each made of in this game. So give me the 49ers 24 to 20 in this one. Going to be a battle. Coming up next, we're going to get into the coaching hires that have been made so far. The coaching carousel, as I like to call it, that's been around so far this season. Browns still have not hired a head coach yet. There's been a couple hires out there. We'll get into that next on the Joes on the Pros podcast. We are back on the Joes on the Pros podcast, and we have a special NFL head coaching segment for you right here. There were several head coaching moves already made on what we like to call Black Monday in the NFL the week after week 17, teams focusing on the playoffs, those teams that did not make the playoffs, focusing on improving their coaching staff. And the first move that was made was the Washington Redskins bringing in the Panthers' trash. They like to say one man's trash is another man's treasure. Well, the Panthers' trash was the Redskins' treasure. They bring in Ron Rivera. The next move that was made, Dallas Cowboys ending their tenure with Jason Garrett. Ten years Jason Garrett spent with the Cowboys, bringing in Mike McCarthy, from the Packers, who formerly won a Super Bowl there. And then the next move that was made, Matt Rule brought in 
from Baylor by the Carolina Panthers. Big contract for Matt Rule. I saw an infograph that had the highest paid coaches and every highest paid, the top five paid coaches in the NFL have all had at least 10 years head coaching experience. Matt Rule has had one year of NFL coaching experience, period, and he is the sixth or seventh highest paid coach in the NFL. Big deal for him in Carolina as they get rid of Super Bowl contender Ron Rivera when he made it with the Broncos. And then the Giants make a surprising hire, hiring wide receivers coach Joe Judge from the Patriots. That was one of the more shocking hires. And then, of course, the Browns have yet to make their hire. So overall, just give me your favorite, maybe your favorite hire so far, and then give me your thoughts on the Browns head coaching vacancy. Okay, but before I get into that, before I get into this, you called... Carolina's trash on Ron Rivera. Little little disrespectful there, Casey. I actually personally like Ron Rivera. I thought it was kind of a mistake uh, for Carolina to uh, let him go because, I mean, I personally didn't think it was him. You lose your starting quarterback, MVP, caliber quarterback, took you to a Super Bowl a couple years ago. I think that was a little bit of rush, but obviously they have a new owner. They wanted a new face um, in the franchise, so I don't really blame them for that. But with that being said, all respect out to you, Ron Rivera. Much love out there. I think you're a great coach. But with that being said, my number one coaching hire actually is going to go to the Carolina Panthers, and that is Matt Rule. I really like what I hear about Matt Rule. Number one, he is a young, fresh-minded coach. Uh, with that being said, he's going to bring in new ideas. He's going to have analytics. He's going to you know, develop new ways, to whether they keep Cam Newton with Christian McCaffrey, all these guys, all these weapons that they have to rebuild this franchise. Number two, I like the fact that they gave him such a big contract. They are committing to him long-term. You look at some of the best teams in the NFL, such as the Saints, the Steelers, the Patriots, all of these teams have coaches that have been there for a long sustained time if you can keep a coach in there a long time to build a reputation to build up what he's looking for you know fill his image in then I feel like that you're going to get the most success out of that Number three, this guy has an adult, you know, strong minded, very vocal in the locker room, very, very highly respected from the reports I've been hearing from him. I'm not big on the college football. You know that. But anytime that you can see a guy, he got hired at Temple as the head coach, took Temple from a team that was nowhere near uh, anything good in college football, and he put them into many winning situations, many years. Then he gets hired on at Baylor, and we all know what happened with Baylor football and the controversies that were coming out of that program. They looked like they were dead in the water. And then this season, and in seasons in past, they have slowly progressed and gotten better and better every year. And this year they were competing with Oklahoma for the Big 12 championship in an opportunity to make the college football playoffs. This guy, wherever he goes, he likes to win. He's young, he's ambitious, and he's got an attitude about him that I like to see in my head coach. Now, when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, I don't care who the Cleveland Browns hire. I don't think anybody is going to make an impact right away. They just fired their GM. This is going to be the next coaching change uh, that we've seen in Cleveland. Like It just seems like it's every other year. This is going to be the fourth different playbook that Baker Mayfield has had, and he's only going into his third year in the league. That's absolutely crazy. Whoever they hire, whether it's Josh McDaniels, which I've heard a lot about coming out of New England, that he might possibly be coming to Cleveland because of how much that he likes Baker Mayfield. With that being said, if they hire him for Cleveland's sake, I hope that they mess this up because 
I can't stay in Cleveland. But with that being said, if they really want to make something out of this, take notes from the Carolina Panthers, sign somebody long-term, Have if, if it is Josh McDaniels, have them pick the GM so that you have a coaching relationship with the GM so that they can work together, formulate a plan to rebuild this franchise, and start getting them to the winning ways. And number three, for the Cleveland Browns to be successful, you need to commit to somebody. Like I said, long-term contract, don't just fire them after two years of looting, losing. This this Cleveland franchise hasn't made the playoffs in years. It's going to take more than two seasons in order for you to turn around. Be patient, Cleveland, because if you don't, you're just going to stay a bottom feeder like you have been for the last two decades. <laughs> Certainly the Browns have their share of challenges with head coaching, but I'll tell you a team that has had some good head coaches in the past, maybe not in the immediate past, but the Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas Cowboys, I think, found the right guy for that position. Now, we all know Jerry Jones is always going to control everything in the franchise. He's the owner, the GM. He might as well be the head coach, too, because you know he's given his head coaches an earful down there on the sideline. And with that being said, though, I think Mike McCarthy was the guy for that. That job. Mike McCarthy was the only head coach that is still looking the head coach out there that had a Super Bowl on his resume. He's got that ring with Green Bay. He had that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. He ran a good offense there in Green Bay, and I think Jerry Jones did the right thing by bringing that guy to his squad. We know the Cowboys have a great roster. We know they have the talent there, and we know we've seen them win before, just falling short this year, but I think Mike McCarthy can take them back to that 13-3 and season they had when Dak was a rookie. I think he can get them back to that level a very weak NFC East like we saw this year I think the Eagles are going to have their share of challenges to overcome in the offseason so I think this move is Jerry Jones saying that hey we're the best team in the NFC East all we needed was a coach to go with it and they got their guy so I like that hire Mike McCarthy he made the playoffs nine times in 13 seasons with the Packers it was pretty shocking to see that they let him go like they did obviously they made the right move though he wore out his welcome in Green Bay I think this is a fresh start though for Mike McCarthy He sits 2019 out. He's coming back with the Cowboys in 2020, and I think he's going to have a successful season. I think they're going to go at least 10-6, and win that division for sure next year, and he's going to get them back on track. Um, with, when it comes to Mike McCarthy, outside of Matt Rule, I think this is the best hire, and I think it was the perfect hire for the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of people, big names in the media, do not agree with me on this, but I'm telling you what, I – I I have a thing where I like to read people and I like to see where their mentality is. This man, Mike McCarthy, has been on record saying that he has gotten, you know, with a group of coaches on a weekly basis, studying film, looking into analytics, thinking about new ways to improvise his own offense, his own schematics in order to fit this new modern game. Because, you know, in Green Bay, they felt like he was getting a little bit outdated. He was doing the same things over and over again. I think him getting fired put a fire in his eyes and his heart. And uh, he was on national television the other day in tears in tears because he was so like anxious he wanted to get back in the league so bad you know a guy a guy like this who's taken over a talented roster he has the motivation to want to succeed he wants to prove all the haters all the doubters wrong i think he's going to be very successful in dallas i don't want to see it happen because i don't you know i hate the dallas cowboys of course but um i think he's going to be really successful and i think that he is the guy that can turn this around as long as jerry jones kind of steps out out of the way a little bit more and lets Mike McCarthy be the face of the Dallas Cowboys a little bit more than Jerry's allowed his head coaches in the past. 
Now, speaking of faces of the franchise, the Cleveland Browns do not have their face at head coach right now, and I wanted to get in who get into who I think they're going to hire a little bit, and just straightforward, I think they're going to hire Josh McDaniels. I think his time has come around again to be a head coach. He had that chance there with the Broncos. He showed his inexperience. He showed his youth, and he showed he wasn't quite ready for that yet. We know he's a great offensive coordinator. He can run a pretty good offense for the New England Patriots. It wasn't that successful maybe this past year, but we know he has the resume. He's got the rings to prove it. So I think you have to bring in a guy like Josh McDaniels, who's a proven winner. I think Josh McDaniels has matured a little bit more to this point to where he can take over a team and kind of build them a little bit. I think he'd be the best hire for the Cleveland Browns. But overall, I still don't even even know if he's the answer. Josh McDaniels, like I said, when he was with the Broncos, I just remember he always had a confused look on his face, and he always looked so unsure. I think he's got to sure that up, get a little bit more confidence. You know, he, like I said, he's got a little bit more experience under his belt. My question for him is, can he be a head coach, and can he lead a team to the playoffs with himself at the helm? So those questions have to be answered for me, but I think Josh McDaniels is Cleveland's guy, and I can't wait to see who they hire, because Josh McDaniels, I think, is who they, who they should hire. Yeah, no, definitely Josh McDaniels would probably be the best fit there in Cleveland Uh, we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens there but to wrap up the show wrap up the show we didn't really talk about doing this but I want to do this and a lot of people have been talking about where Tom Brady is going to play next year he's already basically come out and said that he is not retiring so we know that he's going to play somewhere Casey what do you think is the move for Tom Brady what do you think he's going to do what do you think the Patriots are going to do I think the Patriots are going to let the GOAT decide what the GOAT wants to do and I think the GOAT is going to skip town. Personally, I think the GOAT's going to skip town. I think he he has proven all that he needs to prove. Personally, I think he's proven all he needs to prove, period. I think he should call it quits, but I don't think he, he's obviously not going to because he announced it. But I think he's going to skip town just to, you know, play the field a little bit, see who comes after him. And, you know, I hate to play devil's advocate because I heard this on TV, but, you know, why, why shouldn't he go to the Chargers? Chris Collinsworth said this after the, uh, the Titans-Patriots game the other night. He said he thinks that he's going to see Tom Brady in the Bolt uniform in L.A., and, you know, why not? They've had trouble with Phillip Rivers. We've heard already coming out this offseason that, that, that they've been, you know, discussing back and forth where he wants to be, his future, that he's frustrated. I think they're going to run Phillip Rivers out of town, and, you know, Tom Brady staying in the AFC and getting, you know, revenge on his Patriots. I think he may not, you know, be too disappointed in that. And he might, that might be something that interests him very well. So, you know, just to throw it out there, I'll say that I think he's going to go to the Chargers. Yeah. I, I would like to see him go to the Chargers. I think that would be a really good fit for him, uh, seeing how talented of a roster they were. Obviously, they had some struggles with Phillip Rivers this season, kind of setting them back to where they were. But I mean, I mean, last year, last year at this time, they were 12 and 14. They won a playoff game. It shows that they, have talent on that team and now that Derwin James is going to be healthy uh, going into next year you know he was out majority of the season this year Uh, he's a premier safety in this league and I think that's going to make a huge difference in that Charger secondary but I don't think Brady's leaving I'll believe it when I see it I mean Brady loves New England the fans love him there and I mean what's a better option for the Patriots right now I mean it's not like they're picking uh, close enough to where they can get one of these big name guys um, in the first round so I don't really see a replacement in this draft because I don't see a lot of QB depth towards the end of the first round. I think, you know, guys like Herbert and uh, guys like Tua and uh, Joe Burrow are going to go, you know, in the top 10. And so I just don't see them finding a replacement. And then you look at guys, um, you know, in the free agency market, I just don't see any New England guys coming out in. Uh, 
them, you know, only having a short term, you know, fix for Brady. So I think they're going to ride Brady out. I think they're going to figure out the future later. And I think that he is going to finish out his career in New England. But with that being said, guys, that is another episode of the Joes and the Pros podcast. It was good to be back after three weeks, you know, being locked out of here in the studio. But this is going to be a great divisional week here of the playoffs. Really interesting to see who's going to pull it out, who's going to make it to the conference championships. And you are going to get all the coverage next week on the Joes on the Pros podcast.